Uh, my name is David. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. You probably already figured that out because I was up there on the screen with Pastor David Cook, but uh, in case you're new, new to Cold Springs Church. Uh, what journey are you on? And you sort of stop and think about where you're at in your life right now. What is the journey that you find yourself a part of? And as you, as you think about that question of this, what journey are you on? Uh, another question is, is that as you're on the journey, are you a destination person? Now, by, by the destination person, what I mean by that, well, let me just tell you, give, I guess, and illustrate it. For, uh, when our, uh, we have four, four kids, and when they were younger, uh, we would go to my parents' cabin in McCall, Idaho, um, and do like this two-week vacation during the summer. Really look forward to it. You know, had an excursion that ran on vegetable oil, diesel excursion, because um, the excursion was the biggest vehicle that you could get, and that gave, you know, two kids a row, two kids a row, parents a row, and dogs a row, you know, in the back. And we would load the two dogs up and the four kids and the two adults, and oftentimes we would take my father-in-law's boat because it was a beautiful lake, and we would go to Idaho, McCall, Idaho, like 12 hours away, 11 hours away. And, and let me tell you something. I can be a little tasky at times. And it was about getting to vacation. Until, it, it took me a long time because I'm a slow learner. I, I, you know, I'm a little dense. And uh, those of you who've been around me longer, you know this. And it frustrates you. But it's just the reality of who, who I am. I'm a little dense in that finally, you know, it was probably wasn't a whisper of God. It was a shout of God that says, David, vacation begins when you leave the gate. See, because there's a gate at our house, you know, and you have to go through that gate. And when you go out, you know, through that gate, you leave the house and then you're on your way. And for me, vacation was like, get there. That's, you know, that's vacation. It's like, no, vacation begins when you leave the gate. So in this journey, are you a destination person? This, de this journey that you find yourself in... And the thing that we have to remember is, is that whatever journey we are on, whatever journey you find yourself in, that journeys are as much about the route as they are the destination. That the journey includes that route, that path that you are traveling, as much as where you are ending up and going. And the journeys that we take, a new journey that we take, it, it can start from the outside and it can start from the inside. The, the outside journeys are, are, are moved and motivated by those external forces that come up against us. Here's what I can guarantee. Over the last two years, you've been on some journeys because there have been extraordinary external forces that have been pushing on all of us that have put us in a journey, that have put us in uncomfortable places, that have moved us from where we have wanted to be or where we were comfortable into new things, new ways of having to relate, to think, to interact. 
those are outside forces, and all of us throughout our life have had outside forces that have sort of pushed us into new journeys. Or there's the internal forces as well, though. The internal are the dreams or the dissatisfaction that pushes us to new places. Those things that are going on inside of us where we are stirred up and where we are and what we're doing is we realize, you know, there's, a, there's in fact, there's an author who wrote a book that says, what got you here is not going to get you there, right? And so we recognize where we are is not where we want to be, ultimately, but we're going to have to do something different, think different. We're, so there's this internal motivation that's happening. All of us are engaged and have been engaged and will be engaged in journeys to get to something new, to get to a, a new place, a new destination, a new journey. I want to read to you um, John's Christmas story. We were, we're in this Christmas series and we're um, looking at this, this idea of joy, of how do we engage with, how do we experience, how do we grasp hold of joy in this Christmas season in our lives. And I want to read to you uh, the, uh, the Gospel of John, and, and John is one of the authors who tells the story of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, he's the fourth one there. And John writes in a, a, in a totally different way than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a very distinct style, a very distinct genre, of, but it's still a gospel, it's still telling the story of Jesus' life. And this is how John shares the Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This um, word, the, the word word, in the beginning was the word, is the Greek word logos. And that, that Greek word logos has a, a, a very rich and depth of, of meaning. It's the, within the, the Greek, you know, understanding, philosophical understanding, it was, it was the logos that brought things into existence. It was the logos that, that revealed things that were new. It was the word. And, and John captures this, speaking into the language of the people that he is surrounded by in the time of his writing. And, and what we get in this is, in John's Christmas story, is, is that Jesus is the creator God. Jesus is the one who is making things new. He has brought the new. He is bringing about the new in the world. The Jesus' entrance into history, even though he is eternal, he's existed since the beginning of time, his, but his entrance into history as a baby, taking on the form of a, of a human, is the logos, is the word, is there's something new happening. 
This is uh, out of the Bible app, um, the, the Names of Jesus for Advent, some comment on this passage where it says this, putting this all together for the Jews of Jesus' time, the word was more than just language and communication. The word meant life, power, and was personally involved with them. Jesus, as the word of God, means perfect relationship with God and with us. We can approach the throne of God with confidence, knowing that Jesus, as the word of God, has done it all. In my reflections on this, I was doing this devotion with a friend of mine, was this, is that I'm struck by the idea of creation coming from the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Life came from them, and I am wanting life in something, or if I am wanting life in something, it has the potential of being created through them, through the Trinity. I can manufacture anything I want through enough effort. You know, I can do it myself, pull myself up by my bootstraps, and then I put in parentheses, well, not anything. You get what I mean. But the better way is to invite the logos, the word, to birth something new in me as he is birthing the new through me. You see, Jesus, the logos, works on the outside and on the inside in our life. So what is it that Jesus is birthing new in you and through you in this season? And, and any time God does something new, there, there is a journey. The Logos, the, the Word, Jesus creates the new. That is, this is the whole Christmas story. Is this, there's something new happening. There's something new going on. It's not the old order of things. There's a new order of things that is happening. And what is the new journey of creation that God is inviting you into right, right now? Where, where are you under tension? What external forces are, are pushing on you? Is, it, it, is, it a, is there some external forces? Is this a new season of life that is happening with you? Maybe you're in a transition within school. I mean, there's sort of the mini transitions, right? If you're in school right now, high school, junior high, you're moving into Christmas break. It's like, yeah, awesome. There's snow up in the mountains. Maybe, I don't know, the atmospheric river seems to have gone to a trickle out there. I'm not sure what's happening. But hopefully there's a snow in the mountains. There's a journey. All you Sierra Tahoe people, you're going to go on a long journey because you're going to go to Kirkwood now, not the, you know, an hour away. It's two and a half hours away. But. So what is, what is the external forces? Or, or, or maybe there, there's the external forces of, of sports in, in your life that is pushing you into something new, that, that you are wanting to go to a new level. Perhaps you're in a transition that there's a, a new job that you are entering into or have entered into, or there's something on the horizon and that's going to be a whole new journey because it's new people and it's a new skill set. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new relationships that are happening. 
Or maybe the external forces are someone else's choices. Have you ever been pushed into a journey because of someone else's choices? Because none of us are an island, right? We are impacted, affected by the decisions and the choices of others that can propel us into journeys. What internal forces are pushing you into a, a journey? I, I call them the three Ds, these internal forces. Dissatisfaction, desire, and dreams. Dissatisfaction is, is that, okay, something's not quite right. Something's, something's not where I want it to be. I'm, I'm in tension because either there's something about myself, there's something about my environment, there's something that is bringing up dissatisfaction in me. And so that launches us on a journey. Or there can be desires that we have. And when, particularly when those desires are aligned with God's desires for us, then that launches us into amazing journeys. Or there are the dreams that we have. The, the, the hopes that, that, that we have for the future. And we say, well, am I going to pursue those dreams? Am I going to pursue those hopes? What's going on in your life? Internal, external. What is the journey? Let me tell you a story of a, a new journey. Again, going back to the Christmas story and various people who are, their stories are told for us to remind us that God is a part of these journeys. And this is found in Luke chapter 1, or sorry, Luke chapter 2. And this is uh, verses 1 through 7. And this is the story of Mary and Joseph and a journey that they engage in. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four Gospels. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So you sort of see here the, this uh, organizational structure, Roman government here, who's the occupying force and power over Israel during this time, Caesar Augustus, the Caesar, the, the, the ruler of Rome, and then you have your local um, rulers, and Quirinius is there. And, and, and as, um, as historians have looked through that, you know, Quirinius is, is, is definitely a name there. He actually comes up a little bit later, so there's some confusion about, okay, what, what exactly is going on here? I think if you go again to the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke, where Luke says, you know what, I've researched this very carefully, and I want you to have confidence in what the story is, is that there's some information or pieces there that we don't quite understand how Quirinius fits in right here. Um, but that is who was the governor of Syria at this point, according to Luke. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. And again, as historians look at this, um, one of the things that they, you know, what would, would cause him to need to go to Bethlehem is, is that he had property, and probably family property, within the city of Bethlehem. And so he needed to go to his place of origin where he had property to pay the taxes, which sounds like a real pain, doesn't it? 
So good thing we don't have to do that today. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in a swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in likely, um, see, we all think that Airbnb is sort of a new concept, but actually Airbnb happened in the time of Jesus. Uh, so this is not the holiday inn that there's like, oh, the holiday inn is full. We're going to have to go have a baby in the parking garage. That wasn't the case here. It was most likely somebody's house that rented out rooms, and there wasn't any room in that house. And, you know, this story, I, I always find how understated it is, right? It's just like, wow, yeah, you know, we took this um, you know, 90-mile journey on a donkey with a woman who's pregnant and about ready to give birth to a baby, and, yeah, we couldn't find a place to stay, and so we just you know, did, it in the, did it in the manger, right? You know, it's, it's all right. It was a journey. It was a journey. Now, sort of the, the focus for today in this is as we look at this idea of journey is that we would find joy in the anticipation. Now, journeys are full of anticipation, right? Particularly if you're a destination person, right? It's like, I anticipate getting there and being out of the car with the four children, the two dogs um, who have gas, and you know the boat that's really heavy, um, and all the traffic. There's anticipation in the journey, that journeys are full of that. But, but the, the, the challenge is, is that journeys can also turn from anticipation to dread. It depends on what you focus on. You know, again, I share this, you know, trip to, to McCall, Idaho, and so the way you get there is, is that you go over to 80 and you, and then you head towards the edge of the earth, which is Winnemucca, Nevada. <laughs> so so you, you go you know, over the beautiful Sierra um, with all of those beautiful 18-wheeler trucks. I love 18-wheeler truckers. You guys are delivering all of my Christmas presents. That's awesome. Appreciate you. Um, but you know, there's all those trucks and everything, and you're pulling this boat and everything. Uh, and then you get to Sparks, and then you know that you're headed to the edge of the earth. Because between Sparks and Nevada, that can be dread, right? I remember there was a, there was a car that was uh, an SUV that was out in one of those salt mud flats for almost a year because somebody thought it was a good idea. They were clearly bored in the middle of between Sparks and Nevada. Let's go out on the salt flat that happened to be wet. And they were just buried, you know, it was like half their car was in there. And they couldn't get it out for years. But then there's Winnemucca to Jordan Valley, you know, because you turn left at the edge of the earth to go north up to Idaho. And there's a little town called Jordan Valley, and there's the Rock House Coffee and Ice Cream Shop. It's in Jordan Valley. You, you got to check it out. I have, a, I have a shirt that I wear that. Because um, they have this awesome ice cream, and it's, it's really good coffee in the middle of nowhere. That's anticipation. What are, you, what are you looking at in your journey? What are you looking forward to? Because journeys are not all fun and games. No matter what journey that we go on, 
The journey is work and requires sacrifice. Let's go back to, you know, thinking about, about Mary and Joseph. You know, the story, again, is, is that Mary and Joseph are, are betrothed. They're, 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 they've been married because of within the culture of that day, but they haven't consummated that marriage. Mary's pregnant by the Spirit of God. So I was like, that's a little strange, yeah? And, and just imagine all the people around, right? Joseph doesn't feel comfortable traveling and leaving Mary in the hometown. So it's an 8,000-foot elevation change. It's 90 miles on a donkey for somebody. Has anybody here ever sat on a donkey? They're not all that comfortable. Just saying. I mean, they're, they're, they're beasts of burden. They're, they're really nice animals, unless they're not. And then, um, so if you do like a, a Google thing now, you know, you can actually go, Bethlehem, Nazareth, you know, what's the difference? 90 miles. How long does it take? You put the little walk button. It's like 30 plus hours of walking. So, you know, over a week. And then... You, you end up in an unusual place. Have you ever ended up in an unusual place in your journey? Ever? And you're, and you're thinking, how is this a God place? This doesn't seem like, this doesn't look like a God place. Think about Mary and Joseph. I mean, you know, how is a cave and a feeding trough a God place? How is that a God place? Okay, we're on this journey. God, you, you're doing something new, really new, you know. And we're in a cave in a manger, baby. What place are you in that you're saying, are, are you sure this is the right journey, God? Because <laughs> this doesn't look like, this doesn't feel like a God place. I think it was Pastor Rick Warren who uh, said that God cares more about your character than your comfort. God cares more about your character than your comforts. So where does anticipation fit into this? Anticipation fits into this, and finding joy in the anticipation fits in this when we remember that anticipation is found in knowing that you are on the journey and that you're trusting the navigator. Anticipation comes when you know that you're on the journey. I'm on a journey, and I trust the navigator, capital N, the one who's laying out the route, who's one who's, who's planned the, the path. And, and apparently God doesn't use Apple Maps, right? It's not the most efficient, fastest, most direct route that God seems to ever take. You think, God, there's this amazing technology that we've got now. It's like, you know, you put in where you're at, you put in where your destination is, and it's going to map it out. The fastest way you can get there, destination people, right? You and I, destination people. It's going to even let you know when traffic's backed up. It's like, okay, and it's only going to last this long. God does not use that technology. Have you noticed We often don't, times don't know what the details 
of the destination or the route are when we engage in the journey that God invites us on. And you know what? If we did, we probably wouldn't start. We probably wouldn't start. Have you ever, have you ever ended up in a destination and look back and go, wow, I wish I would have known. I would never start of that. I want to go back to um, something I shared last week, and that was this definition of joy that I got from Kay Warren. The joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Jesus is in the journey. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. It is a God place because of Emmanuel, God with us. The name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. What makes it a God place is God is there. And he has said to you and I that if we follow him, if we trust him with our life, that he will never leave us or forsake us. That there is nothing that can separate us from his love. What makes it a God place is God is with us. And the determined choice to praise God in all things. I get the choice to praise in the journey or to curse in the journey. True confessions. I've done both. And it's still been the journey. So finding joy in the journey, finding anticipation in the journey. How do you do that? Just real quick here. Keep the right end in mind. Keep the right end in mind. It's the journey starts when you leave the gate, Sparky, all right? Keep the right, keep the right end in mind. It's, about, it's as much about the process, it's as much about the route that you are on as the place that God is going to get you to and take you to. Because you can't get to the destination apart from the process, apart from the route, so keep the right end in mind. Live in the present, but always lean towards the goal. Remember, you know, the past shapes us, the future draws us, but the present is the only place that we can live. And, and we depend upon the past. We, you know, there, there are good things and there are bad things out of the past that have shaped us. And we have to understand those bad things, those, those traumas that we experienced, those bad choices that we've made or other people have made and how they shaped us and what impact they're having upon us. And the, the work of God, the faithfulness of God that he has had in our, in our past. I mean, one of the, the biggest words in the Old Testament is the word remember. Right? Remember. Past is important. Don't forget it. The, the future is, is critical. Paul talks about, you know, I press on towards the goal. You know, forgetting what is behind, looking forward to what is ahead. 
I press on towards this goal of, of being like Jesus, of being transformed, of experiencing the fullness of God in my life. That's an important thing to remember. But you can only live today. So you have to be present. And then, um, I don't know who said this. I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, Robin, um, shared this with me when I was working in inner city ministry in Chicago. So this would have been in the, um, in the 1990s. And, um, and I remember it just really stuck with me, and it's this phrase, don't doubt in the dark what God has revealed to you in the light. So all of us have had, you know, those experiences of God where it was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this is the journey. I'm supposed to be on this journey. I'm supposed to head this direction. And then, you know, it's an 8,000-foot climb. We're on a donkey. It stinks. And there's other words. We don't want to be there. And so we begin to doubt. It's like, wow, you know, is this really it? Don't doubt in the dark what God has revealed to you in the light. And then the last one is, is, is this. Is that how, do you, how do you find anticipation? How do you find joy in this journey? In this, is to do the hard stuff. You know, one of the things I was, I was thinking about myself here is, is that there are some goals I have. There's some dreams I have. There's some desires I have. But I realize... Um, I'm not sure I want to do the hard work from here to there. Because I know I see hard work in the middle there. And I'm like, do I really want to do that? Am I really willing to step up? Is it really that important? And you know what? The places that God wants to lead you in your journey, the, 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 the love that he wants you to experience, the, the things that he wants to do in your family, in your ministry, you know, in your, in your impact of others, in your marriage, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Do the hard stuff. Because he's with you. Let me uh, end with John chapter 1 again. John's Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That includes you. That includes me. That includes the journey. In him was life. And the life was the light of humankind, of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if you find yourself right now, today, in your journey in a dark place, I want you to know this, that there is a light that is greater than any darkness that you will ever come up against. There is a light that is brighter than any darkness that our world may throw shade upon. It's a Christmas story. There's something new that has happened. There's this new creation. There's a new journey. There's a new, there's a new beginning. But you have to say yes to it. And that's one of the ways we talk about this journey with Jesus here at Cold Springs Church is saying yes 
to being a part of the journey. And that saying yes is three things. is call them the ABCs. Accept who you are, that you are somebody who is in need of the light. You are in somebody who is in need of the navigator. You are somebody who is in need of Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Believe who he says he is, that he is the Logos, he is the Word. He's the one who's created all things, you. Believe that Jesus died on a cross and that he was resurrected to new life and then in that resurrection of new life, he can give you life. In that death on the cross, all the mistakes that you've ever made and that you ever will made are covered, are forgiven. And then... The C is choose to commit. Get, get with Jesus on your journey. See, because all of us are on the journey. That's the, that's the deal, right? I mean, every one of us is on a journey, but is Jesus there? Is Jesus invited into the journey? Say yes to Jesus. And there is great anticipation. I was, uh, um, and one of my devotions uh, with another friend I'm doing it, we're going through Revelation, and I was reading Revelation 21 and 22, which is the last two you know, chapters of the Bible, and it's, a, it's the new heaven, it's the new earth, it's the, it's the picture of heaven. It's like, it's this glorious thing. It's like, it's a little mind-blowing. It's hard, to, hard for me to imagine. I'm not a fantasy sort of guy. But it's this promise that, hey, you know what? Everything is going to be made new. There's some anticipation that it's all going to be tied up. N.T. Wright says all things are going to be put to rights. There's there's great anticipation out there, but, but Jesus gives us anticipation even to today. If you will invite him on the journey. If you will say yes to Jesus. If he, if you will say yes to him saving you and leading your life. Will you say yes to Jesus? Let's pray. You know, this morning maybe um, you acknowledge, recognize that you, that uh, if Jesus is present at all, he, he's, he, he's back there with the dogs in the back of the excursion. Maybe. Or it might be in the boat. But you recognize this morning that it would be best if Jesus was in the driver's seat. That you want to say yes. Just pray a prayer simply like this. It's not about magic words. It's about your heart before God. But something like this. Jesus, I recognize that and I want to acknowledge to you that I am the one who drives my life. And occasionally when I've been in desperate places, I've given a nod to you, but I have not released the steering wheel. And I, I admit that I am someone who needs you in my life. And that I have been far from you. And as much as I understand, I believe in who you say you are, 
that you are the Logos, you are the creator. You are the one who loved me so much that you died on a cross and that you resurrected to life so that I could have life. I don't, I don't get all of that, um, but as much as I do, I, I say yes to you. And so today I choose to commit to follow you as, as, as good as I can, as much as I can, knowing that you are the one who will hold me and guide me and lead me. Come into my life. Forgive me and, and lead me from this point forward. Thank you that you do love me. And Jesus, I pray this morning for each of us as we have maybe recognized that we are on a journey or that we have acknowledged that you need to be more part of our journey. Jesus, I pray that for every one of us that we would, we would be better at saying yes to you in our daily life and that you would be that one who creates something new within us and that we would be present today wherever it is that you have us knowing that we're in a God place because you are God with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you.